Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Forever. Dog. I used to think that this was my town. What a stupid thing to think. I hear you biting off a brain now. I myself am on the brain. I used to want to be a real man. I don't know what that even means. Now I just want you in my arms again. And we can search each other's dreams. I am so excited for our guest on the podcast today. This is a person that I met. Via the internet, which is basically my favorite way to meet people now that we can't actually meet people in real life. Uh, but they are a writer. Uh, they've written for SB Nation, for Fangraphs, and for Baseball Prospectus. Please welcome to the show, Shakia Taylor. Shakia, thanks so much for being on Three Swings. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, it's really awesome. I just love um, like people coming into each other's lives via the timeline and then being like, Hey, I like what you do. And you're like, I like what you do. Let's talk about it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Especially now Twitter is a great place to just kind of uh, meet people who you agree with. (laughs) Yeah. And like, and and it's not, it's so funny. I was, uh, I don't, I don't know if I sent this tweet or not, but I was like the last, you know, like four years, which is not really true, but the, the framing, the phrasing of, Oh, you're living in a bubble and like all this stuff and it's now it's like now we literally live in bubbles (laughs) like we have to do it for the pandemic and now it's like hey man let's sync up our virtual bubbles let's have some conversations let's get into it you know yeah Uh, because I think like I was seeing some of your articles and I think the first thing that really like I think I I I almost said texted you but I I tweeted at you like I just took (laughs) the same screenshot which was when Cleveland posted that photo of Mike Clevenger that said he's our spirit animal in a Uh, caption. And I was like, this is, it's like just noticing like, yep, we're on the same vibe. We're noticing the same things at almost exactly the same time. Um, And so, yeah. So I wanted to ask you first up, like, uh, you know, I usually ask everybody like what their path has been to baseball or like when you started loving it. So feel free to get into that. But are you a Cleveland fan? Did you grow up on Cleveland? Because I know we're from Northeastern Ohio. I'm representing Akron and you're from Youngstown. Youngstown. What's up? Um, so it's funny. We moved to Youngstown a few days before my 11th birthday Mm -hmm. in, uh, November of 93. Oh, Um, 
And so that was right around the time if you were going to get in on Cleveland baseball, that that was it right that there. That was the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we moved to Youngstown and um, I was put in a gifted program. And most of my classmates were big Cleveland baseball fans. And yeah. it, it became a way to become a part, you know, like, oh, my new friends are into this so I can join in and what a nightmare it's been ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. On, on like, I would, I would imagine that when you say what a nightmare, you mean on every possible level. (laughs) I mean, so many. Yeah. I've, I've never experienced uh, the kind of heartbreak that comes with supporting a Cleveland sports team. Um, other than, supporting a Cleveland sports team. That's why I only support one. I don't have enough time and space in my heart to have to heal so frequently from sports. And I, yes, you are (laughs) inside of my heart and my brain right now. (laughs) I can't, I just, did you see uh, Believeland that, that 30 for 30 when it came out? Of course. Yeah. It's just like heartbreak after heartbreak after like, I honestly, I stepped away from like, I mean, mostly men's sports, but like sports after the 1997 World Series. Like I sort of like blacked that out of my memory. Like when I watched (laughs) that, I was like, wow, I don't remember this. And I know I watched it. (laughs) Uh, I started reading um, Cleveland Rocked about the 95 team. Mm -hmm. And I I got to page seven and I already started to cry. Not because like, the book is not saying the book is bad, but it's sure. not like a book that's supposed to make you cry. It's no. just like, <laughs> I remember being 12 years old, 13 years old, and this team just crushing my life. <laughs> Crush, absolutely crushing. Because also, yes. like, I watched the the great, I think it's the greatest team that never was. That was like an ESPN. I can't remember if it was a 30 for 30 or not, but just like. Because it just it it takes up that team being like the ninety five team, which was pretty consistently the team from ninety five to about ninety seven. That same core group of guys for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, like just like how much far back I had to set that in my memory that like <laughs> I could I just couldn't experience that heartbreak, you know. Oh, and and getting back into it, like you said, it was like essentially you know a couple minutes in. I was just like, I don't know if I can even do this because <laughs> it's just like oh, no. so oh, no. much because there's also I, I think because um, you said it, you're like N.E.O. And it's like when you're from northeastern Ohio, there is a specific the fandom of that area is very specific. It's just mm-hmm. like it's very concentrated. There are three teams and there is to me like the hierarchy of those teams depending goes in my heart it's not this but from i feel like overall in the area it goes browns baseball calves do you think that's accurate i would flip the calves and baseball because i feel like people really love the calves all right relationship with baseball is a little questionable i mean just even if you look at the attendance that's how i kind of well sure like, so I feel like it would definitely be Browns, Cavs, baseball. All right. I mean, I buy that. I haven't lived there in a long time. So, you know, Same. my like, yeah. Same. 
I moved yeah. away 20 years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, essentially same, like 14. So I, and this is just like, obviously very changeable. And I think that's not to say that I don't love the Cavs more, you know, and put the, like, mm-hmm. I, I personally am like anti-Browns, but like, <laughs> I, I think, you know, the area I think I have a resentment towards the Browns because they would take up so much more space than either of those teams. And so mm. perhaps it's like outsized in my own brain because my family was so mad at them. And so I put them at number one thinking that everybody loved them more. I think because they shared the stadium with the baseball team and then they always I, like took up space. I feel like though the majority of people from Cleveland who are football fans are Browns fans and they are very deeply well Browns yes. fans. When you start and to get further out is when you start to pick up the Steelers, Cowboys, Steelers 49ers fans. <laughs> Teams that win, those kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so you uh, we've both watched a baseball team that we have loved at various levels and various times and various various like are you still a Cleveland baseball fan like I've noticed that you comment on their games often on your social media I am it's a love-hate relationship with me both loving and hating um I was just telling someone yesterday it's an interesting relationship when something you love doesn't love you back and it's super awful and you know um and then you know the the mascot and the fans who continue to want this mascot like what is wrong with you people and i just have a really hard time associating myself with this group of people and so it's it's tough i try not to talk about them too much but it's hard not to at the exact same time (laughs) right um but i also feel like it gives me the perspective to criticize them the way i do as well you know um yeah I, we should call out things that we like and yes. try to make it better. So that's kind of what I do. Like with the Instagram post, by the way, that was up for a long time. I have a feeling it's still up and ah, that is why yeah. I hate them. <laughs> right. And like, yes, I agree. Like I have been, uh, you know, uh, I have been basically talking about this for what, for at least five years, you know, <laughs> Cleveland mm-hmm. changing the name. I've been actively like, you know, uh, changing method methods and learning along the way and all the like, op- you know, everything. Um, and cause there was a point where I thought like, Oh, de-chiefing would be a good thing to do with my hat to say like black it out. And then I was like, well, I don't want to show the, a representation of this at all. And then like, you know, it's just like, but I think it's important as fans, fans of the team, and that was in mm-hmm. air quotes because this is a podcast, um, to whatever degree, but also people who grew up in the area, <laughs> in Northeastern Ohio, have a history with the team. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for you, for me, to have an opinion on it. Because otherwise, the only people that have an opinion on it are the people who think it's great. <laughs> you know no yeah we have we're to be louder talking, than the wrong people <laughs> right and and you have to show it you have to look at it and you have to talk about it to have an opinion on it you know um and so it's like it's a delicate dance sometimes you know to be like i'm i'm am i co-signing this team by following them by 
even being happy about that. Cause like, I love Francisco Lindor as a baseball player. You know, he just also happens to be on that team that I have a history with. And that is also problematic, but I mm-hmm. think he's like one of the great stars of the game right now. And like underpaid and undervalued, you know? <laughs> so like, it just, it's complicated. It continues to be complicated. Um, what do you think about their recent statements about, um, potentially changing the name i think it's more stalling um i started following this team in the 90s and they have Mm -hmm. been changing the name (laughs) since then they have been phasing it out for more than 20 years what is taking so long how many meetings can you have at this point it should be an email this is what the name is going to be these are our options yes (laughs) i don't understand why this is taking so long it doesn't make any because they don't want to do it just get rid of it it's so easy to just get rid of it and the other part that kind of annoys me is how capitalistic the entire thing is they aren't saying you know how regular people are like oh history blah 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 (laughs) that's not why the baseball team is keeping it they're thinking money they're like oh we maintain this trademark so we can still sell items and i learned via my consistent complaining on twitter that people (laughs) don't even realize this they're like they don't They got rid of it last year. No, they didn't. They still make money off it. If you go to the ballpark, you can just as easily buy a cap with it. Yes. It's not advertised. If you go looking for it, you will find it. And an interesting thing I have discovered, because since I've been home, I am on eBay a lot, (laughs) buying old sports stuff. Right. And right now, people are viewing this as a money grab. So folks are posting all of their old Cleveland baseball stuff. And, you know, raising the prices because it has, Mm. you know, the mascot on it. And it's, it's, it's so obnoxious. It's just the whole thing. Right. It's, it's the sort of capitalist have it both ways and make the most money off of it as possible. Yes. Because, because I understand, and I'm, I can't remember if it was, I'll say the thing and then you can tell me that this was where it came from. But, um, I understand, uh, holding a trademark because if some more nefarious and I, I can't imagine what a more nefarious corporation <laughs> could be than a, a billion dollar baseball team. But if someone else got a hold of that trademark, then they would be pumping out that stuff, whatever, blah, blah, blah. blah. So like, I understand the team itself maintaining that and that you have to do a certain amount of, but it, was it you that proposed that then the trademark should go to like a native indigenous uh, like a uh, corporation or like a uh, collective or nonprofit or something. Was that it? Wasn't Larry me, Doby but article? someone responded with that to me. Okay, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's yeah, hard to keep track re- of where these ideas come from, but I am <laughs> willing to admit it is not mine. <laughs> Nor is it mine. Like that's right. Like, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it is not mine. But it's not a bad one either. It's not um, a bad one. It's not a bad one if they if they got to do it to keep the trademark. Right. Still, get rid of the stuff at the ballpark. Yeah. I, I I personally think that is just the most greedy move ever. Like we're yeah. gonna sneak it in this one corner. It's literally only available in like one specific right. shop, in and the it's ballpark. like toddler stuff too, which is also <laughs> to me so insidious because that is like to to me when I when I recall like. 
that logo is just so it it's so ever present in the summers yeah. in northeastern Ohio that it's almost like a stop sign. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you just don't even see it because it just becomes part of the environment. And it starts at that age, you know, like as a toddler, as soon as you can start seeing things, you're seeing this thing all over the place. And like that to me is, you know, just even more evidence of like why it needs to go away. The history of the logo is not what every everybody thinks it is. The history of the name, like none of it. It's none of that. It's all it's all money. It's always been money. <laughs> They've been asking their season ticket holders like that has been their pool that they pull opinion from. Like, should we change it from people that give them thousands of dollars a year? Like, right. you're going to get right. a pretty skewed perspective if you're only asking the people that pay you for your product, you know? Yeah, I mean, and considering what the average baseball fan looks like and is aged, white, male, 50-something, mm-hmm. you're going to get the obvious response. <laughs> right, like, which is, no. <laughs> no, it's great. It's fine. I don't care. Let's preserve history. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't affect talking about? me in this any is- way. This is this is a this is making them this is an honor. This is their it's honoring. Them. I'm not offended. Who's offended? <laughs> You're right. Who's offended? I don't know any Native Americans who are offended by this. I wonder why. I wonder why you don't know any <laughs> My favorite people. argument is when they say they do know, but they know that one. It's one. like you know, I have that one black friend. I have right. a Native American friend and they love uh-huh. the team. Oh my gosh, stop lying, Bob. Yeah. What's their name? Get them here, put them on the phone. <laughs> Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why do you love baseball? Like, what is your your personal love of baseball? Um, it's peaceful. I mm. say this to people all the time when they complain about how long a game is. <laughs> yeah. It's peaceful. Yeah. I love taking an afternoon off, especially a Wednesday. Taking mm. an afternoon off, going to the game, getting a dollar dog, just sitting there and hanging out in yeah. peace. Yeah. And 
you don't go to a ball game with your chatty friend. You go to the <laughs> ball game with your friend who can, you know, you can talk, but then there's moments of silence where you're just kind of enjoying the game, enjoying the sun. Yep. Maybe you've had too many beers. That <laughs> is why I love baseball because I feel like if I go to a basketball game, I'm trying to keep up. I'm paying attention. Yep. It's a lot up, more up-tempo. Same with a football game. But a baseball game, I can just chill. I feel like my heart rate actively slows mm. down when I'm at these games for the most part. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's a it's a place of peace for mm. me. I love that. I I feel many ways the same way about it, that it is this sort of like expansive, slow sort of intuitive game as opposed to um kinetic you know in like football mm-hmm. or basketball where like it's it's like kind of watching a ping pong ball go around which there it's also those those things are very i i finally went to had close seats in an nba game a couple of years ago and i was just like and i've watched a lot of basketball <laughs> played a lot of basketball and i was just like Holy shit. It was like a completely different experience. Yeah. That close to it. But, and, and I've been close to baseball and I actually prefer being further away for baseball for that same sort of reason, which is like to sort of take it all in and you yeah. can some like feel the breeze come across the field and like maybe notice, you know, Francisco Lindor, Kike Hernandez, like take a step to their left. Cause they just, they just have a feeling it's coming to them right there. And mm-hmm. like, whether they, whether it does or not, you noticed it, you know, and that sort of like simple connection to, to a game is like, Oh, it's what I really love about it. And what can't really go away, no matter how, how much they really <laughs> want to make me hate this game. <laughs> like you said, that love hate relationship. They are really and, trying oh, every day. They are really harder. pushing. <laughs> really pushing us out of it. They really want everybody Even to hate higher. it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get into what's going on. Uh, so there's uh, like, a, I would say I, I'm not in line with R- Rob Manafred. I would say that 16 players now on one team is a major outbreak um, of COVID-19. Not a nightmare at all. Not, not a, a nightmare. nightmare at all. Not a worst case scenario. What's the worst case <laughs> scenario then? Um you know, there's people, there's people around the Phillies. I think also the Royals, the Toronto Blue Jays are not allowed in Canada. Like what, how are you feeling about this season that's happening right now? Never should have started. Cancel yeah. it. Get rid of it. I mean, cause where does it go from here? You either yes. field 50% of a team of taxi players, right? Yeah. Or, or you in a year with an expanded playoffs, where everybody is basically eligible. Um, What happens if a team plays 60, but another team only plays, you know, 40, 58, right? right. How does this work? How does this work? And I don't think they care to have a plan. (laughs) They're like, I I keep saying it's just in the theme of 2020 chaos. Everything is chaos. Dude. No one has a plan B. No, no one. And I, I feel like, and this is in, in your article too, so we can get into that a little bit more then, but I just feel like there was so much time, you know, they actually had the time to be having the, the labor conversations and 
having, you know, this, this team of experts setting up a health plan, you know, like setting Mm -hmm. this up, but they did not do that. All they did was focus on the labor disputes and get the game started and then go, Oh, uh, I guess we'll have a plan. You know, like to me, that's what it, like they had months, months, months to have these protocols in place. And none of them are, you know, the fact that. And what they have is so unsmart. It's so unwise. They're basically operating under the, I trust that you are going to go home and stay in your house and only be around those people. There are no actual like parameters. Nope. And it's it's also putting all the onus on the players to stay safe. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's so like capitalist, you know, just like turn and burn, like, well, I'm giving you the opportunity to work. I've got a hundred people that will take this job if you won't do it. So do it under whatever conditions I see fit, you know, and like mm-hmm. forcing these because like, how how is it actually fair to be like, you can't do anything, <laughs> you know, like what is baseball if you can't celebrate? And in the, in the case of last night, Houston versus Los Angeles fight, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you're removing all these aspects of the game and you have a 16 team postseason and these crazy when is it like to me it just doesn't feel like baseball you know it doesn't feel like major league baseball it's cuz we're waiting for the rest of the bad stuff to happen like yeah. we're we're just at the top of the bad stuff we're not even deep <laughs> right? in it yet like that's yeah. the thing like if if this year has taught us nothing is that things do in fact get worse the next yes. time someone says, what's the worst that can happen? We will point to this year and be yes. like, um, excuse me, the right. murder hornets never showed up. And that was the best thing that happened. Like everything yeah. else is bad. That was um, our saving grace. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> everything else is bad. And so that's how this baseball season feels. I actually feel guilty watching games. Mm. Yeah. I've watched a couple. I'm not watching one right now, obviously. Right. Um, but I feel guilty because it's like, who is the next person to get sick? What yeah. is it going to take for them to stop? Is it going to be that someone gets so sick that they're near death? Is Which it going to take It seems that? like Freddie Freeman was, you know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> and this is a career ending thing. And I keep seeing um, fans say, you know, COVID isn't a death sentence. Okay, but it's. So yes, death is the worst, but there are some other things in between there that are also pretty bad. Pretty bad. And it's so new. And so like, we don't know, we don't know the effects that it has on the, I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez like already has like, he already had certain like heart condition. Right. And Mm -hmm. and now he has like these effects that, that they're saying are from COVID. And like, we just, it's only been since November that this virus has even been around and 150,000 people have died from it. And we don't know the effects on people who have recovered because we don't even really know what recovery looks like on top of the fact that these guys are putting themselves in, you know, injury. This is why they get paid the amount that they do because they could have season ending injuries at any point. And then Mm -hmm. you add a pandemic on top of that. It just, I, I too feel guilty. I watched some of opening day. Um, it was also incredibly difficult to try to watch it. I had to like get a password 
from somebody to like log in to ESPN because I don't have the right combination of streaming this and streaming that. And I live in Los Angeles. So like, they don't want me to watch baseball apparently, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then watching it, it was just like, yeah, I wonder too, does somebody have to die? And will that even be enough? I don't know that it will. I don't think so. Because first of all, these are billionaires who are clearly just disregarding science for the sake of their own wallet. Right. And billionaires being owners. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And, just, just to- you know, <laughs> I said to someone via text when we were discussing this, I was like, this is an example. Like to the league, nobody's lives matter. No one. No. Yeah. They cannot say anything else at this point. To keep going with this season is is completely irresponsible. And when something tragic does happen, they're gonna blame it on the player. Well, you knew the risk. Yeah. Well, you went to a strip club, you know, like that to me, the fact I'm like, not even gonna, I don't even believe that to be true. Not that I'm naive, but I just mean, (laughs) I think it's unfair to be floating rumors about players going to places like that. And that being the cause it's like, I can just see the wheels already spinning of like, Mm -hmm. okay, now these guys are going to be the bad guys. And like, it's just the bad guys are the people who started the season, which is the owners, you know, for sure. Like the, for those sure. are continue to be the bad guys. They continue to be the bad guys. Um, but I think that's a great moment to sort of jump into your article. Um, you were saying, you know, that, so your article that I'm talking about is it came out on the 27th. Today's the 29th. And this is probably going to go out on Friday, which is the 31st. Um, so you wrote activism is art over action for MLB. And this was based on the sort of opening day, uh, like activism extravaganza, (laughs) I guess that like major league baseball as an entity and also as separate teams and as, uh, you know, corporate teams and then the teams themselves and then the players individually. Um, Mm -hmm. so like, I think it's a wonderful piece and I would love to just talk to you about it because I have a lot of complicated thoughts about it as well. And I'd love to hear um, like your thoughts on it from then. And also since then, um, yeah. like what's taken place in the, what is it? Uh, six days. Yeah. Six days since opening day. Well, there are ads <laughs> on the mound that didn't take very long. Yeah. Um, yeah. They swapped I... them out. <laughs> so for anybody that didn't see there was a, a BLM painted on some of the mounds or all of them mm-hmm. or I'm not some sure. of them, some mm-hmm. of them, right. Some of them, um, which also I just have to say, I am a comedian. That's my first job. Um, MLB is BLM backwards. <laughs> so it is. it's very, I think that's it like is. the most perfect metaphor for mm-hmm. like that, but they, they stenciled BLM for opening day. And then was it the very next day that it was, it was on yeah. to FanDuel? Yeah, yeah, the very next day, you know, FanDuel is definitely a social cause that I personally sure. want to get behind. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. <laughs> People need to speak for the fans and their duels, you know? <laughs> I just, I mean, <clears throat> if that doesn't say anything. And I feel like people kept responding to me extremely smugly. It's a corporation. What do you expect? Okay, yeah, sure. Yes. You are right. But like, the idea here is that they are trying to push this as being sincere. And because we are intelligent people, let's call them out on it. I just, 
I just feel like all of the shenanigans were just disrespectful to my intelligence entirely. It was just way too much. It was so much. It was such a performance. And, you know, there are so many other things that could be done than, you know, holding a black ribbon and kneeling Mm -hmm. before the anthem. Um, A pre-approved protest is not a protest. It's what? not a protest. That's like I mean, it's a parade. Like if, that's what it yes, is. Yes, exactly. That's like that's been the conversation for Pride ever since they became parades. That like they're going to the police to get a permit when the whole reason for Pride was a protest was to get cops out of Stonewall and other gay bars just like it. So like right. it's, ah, you know, it's it's funny to me too that people are like, "What do you expect?" and like. More? I expect more, actually. And I'm allowed to, because like this is a sport and half of watching the sport is being critical of it. Like, mm-hmm. even if you're not critical of the the social justice, like I what I mean is as a sports fan, we're constantly talking about this guy, this guy, this person, they, you know, like about the the actual game. So it it makes sense to me that you would be critical of something like a pre-approved protest, you know? Uh, yeah, it's a, like it's otherwise, a sport made up of people. Right. Yeah. It's a sport made up of people. And so we have to understand that whatever happens in the world is going to happen in sport. And yeah. because it's in sport, we see it. It's on the news. It's everywhere. So why not tackle it in these visible places? Why right. not? I don't understand people who who are like, you know, I want politics out of my sports. Sorry, buddy. As long as there are people in it, it is going to be political. Right. And like you said in your article where the the MLB, uh, you know, was retweeting for that day, um, uh, you know, sort of Black Lives Matter sort of ideas, concepts, whatever from their Twitter. And Mm -hmm. somebody responded with, please, yes, of course, Black Lives Matter, but could you keep politics out of sports or keep politics out of you know, the MLB or something. And then MLB responded with like uh, supporting human rights is not political. And like, you kind of go in on that. And so I I would just love to hear more about that for the listeners, that sort of concept that human rights is not political and the MLB saying that. Well, MLB saying it is a interesting considering the human rights violations that have occurred (laughs) just within the league. Mm -hmm. Um, which we'll talk about Gabe Kapler being the sort of de facto spokesperson for MLB and BLM right now. Right. Um, Perfect. Yikes. Right. (laughs) Um, But human rights are political. Human rights are civil rights, political. The reason why is because we have to enact laws for them to even be things. If they were just, universally accepted that would be great but that's not the case it's 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 not the case so i think that it erases years of history and years of people who have fought for all kinds of rights by saying that human rights aren't political they absolutely are yeah there's there's no way around it yeah i think it's you know i don't know Obviously, I've only lived in the time period that I've lived in. <laughs> so right. but I feel as though this idea that like, oh, politics is over there and politics is people in in the government yelling at each other for theater or something, you know, like mm-hmm. that, the person the the random person that responded saying like that and then MLB following up with like, oh, human rights isn't political because I don't 
I don't want to say that they oh, they don't know what they're saying, but there's what I'm trying to say is this concept that politics and civil rights are not the same thing. You know, that those things don't mm-hmm. aren't part and parcel, you know, that uh, standing up for what's right isn't political. You know, to separate that removes the p- political nature and the political power of a person doing something like that. You know, it's whether they're aware of removing that power or not. And you kind of get at that, too, with with the activism where it's all pre-approved and everybody's kind of doing the same thing, but not really doing the same thing and not really saying what it is and not really doing anything about it. And we'll get Morgan Freeman to talk and not actually the player (laughs) that came up with it. And we'll all hold a rope because that means this to me and means something else to somebody. And Kyle Schwarber is going to wear a cop hat and a Black Lives Matter shirt and we'll all just be hunky dory. And it's like nothing means anything. I look at that and it I don't don't know what any of it means, you know, like just Mm -hmm. They don't either. They don't either. Shakia, exactly. (laughs) They (laughs) They don't don't either. either. That's the thing. And I, I say this and people get upset, but it's true. Nobody reads all of these takes would be immediately wiped from the planet (laughs) if people read, but nobody reads. And that is, like as a person who reads all the time and my favorite teacher was actually the librarian growing up um (laughs) it offends me that people don't read and so when they are saying you know get politics out of my sports okay what are you talking about they don't know what they mean they They don't know that's exactly right yes they have no idea what they're talking about they don't read they don't research there's no basis for any of these beliefs other than it makes them uncomfortable Yes. And you know what? Welcome to being uncomfortable. I have to be uncomfortable <laughs> every day. I'm yeah. black. I'm a woman. I wear hoop earrings. Like there's all kinds of reasons why people may look at me funny or whatever. If your discomfort is because someone else is saying they want the same rights as you, sit in that. Yeah. Enjoy that feeling for a little while because you earned it. <laughs> I just yeah. get politics and, out of my sports. And whatever. everything, the, the whole, it, it's, you're pretending. Like that, the the people who, who, who feel that way, you're pretending that it wasn't there to begin with. Mm-hmm. You're pretending and you're not in, you're not living in actual reality, whether it's for, for whatever reason, typically white supremacist capitalism, you know, like uh, many of mm-hmm. these things, uh, uh, turns on it and makes most of its money off of that because it's selling you this lie that that's the way everything is, which folds back to the Cleveland baseball team. It's like, that is a political name. You know, there that that mm-hmm. that that word is political. You know, it has political weight in this country whether you want to look through history or just look back a year ago or 2 days ago. Like that but you are looking at it as though it means nothing except for your baseball team and that is the problem. You know that these guys just need to shut up and play. I don't want them yep. to be human beings. Like I'll I'll happily hey if they support the military, then I'm down for them. And if they have the kind of family that I want to look at, I'm down for these guys. But if they have any other opinion, like shut up and play. And like, it's just, I don't know how that can be enjoyable, you know? And I Mm -hmm. would imagine a lot of these fans, baseball fans, probably think Jackie Robinson's great. You know, like, well, I love Jackie Robinson. He's my black friend, basically. (laughs) So I'm, I'm allowed to feel this way about sports because Jackie Robinson. And 
speaking of like reading, like, I don't know, read his autobiography, you know, like he didn't have a great time, you know, like it wasn't I just like told someone that yesterday, Jackie Robinson did not enjoy his time playing in the league. He not also, at all. Almost. <laughs> he also had something to say about the national anthem and how it yes. made him feel. So all of this whole like sanitization and, you know, there's this idea that Jackie Robinson would have been upset about protesters. And I'm like, no, are you kidding me? Yeah. Go read the things that he said himself. Him out of the man's mouth. Yes. <laughs> the it's man who like experienced it. Yes. That, <laughs> that is what I mean by people don't read. They, right. They just, because the information is out there. It's available. You could Google his name and police brutality. And yes. there are articles that he wrote talking about it. And I just don't understand why there's so and much he information. Served his country in the also, military. You know, also, like it's yes. He he was a Republican. Like there are so many uh so many pieces to Jackie Robinson. And I would also say the fact that most people hold up singularly Jackie Robinson in and of itself is uh pretty indicative of this protest of the fact that like baseball just holds him up as the example mm -hmm. of why they're good, you know, um, not to mention the fact that like they decimated the Negro leagues and the financial community around it, you know, that like right. they had an opportunity to, to have more than just who they chose. And they went with that. They, they went with the white supremacist thing path of like, Oh no, we'll just choose basically two guys, which is not true, but like that, you know, kind of that path mm -hmm. of like, well, we'll go with Jackie Robinson. We'll go with Larry Doby and we'll pretty much just focus on Jackie Robinson and we'll make him the poster boy for everything and make his life hell, you know? And then well, now a hundred years later, they hold him <laughs> up as like their excuse for today, you know? For sure. For sure. Um, I like to remind people that Jackie Robinson raised money to bail protesters out. Um, and he did it in the form of a jazz <laughs> concert <laughs> at his yeah. home. But it's, I feel, you know, I wrote about Larry Doby, um, who played in Cleveland. So, yep. you know, meaningful piece there. But <clears throat> Larry Doby is so underrated and so underappreciated just mm -hmm. within the context of history. Um, and, you know, he and... And Jackie both got threats to their families. Yes. And, you know, people don't think about the sacrifices involved in being the only one of someone somewhere. Mm -hmm. Whether that, you know, be that, you know, you're black or you're gay. Being the only one somewhere is uncomfortable, especially when you're the first and people yeah. are watching you and staring at you and waiting for you know you to make a mistake um and what's interesting is mlb as a culture and a league hasn't progressed much since then <laughs> right you know yeah. like the the fans are still hurling slurs of all kinds the players are still hurling slurs of all kinds yeah we what we aren't learning is that we're not learning from history at all we're just repeating no. the same awful thing Mm -hmm. And finally, you know, we're at a point in history where people are comfortable calling it out and pointing out, you know, the way MLB contributes to, you know, a very toxic culture for any of us to actually enjoy. 
It's awful mm-hmm. going to a game sometimes. I say that I go for peace, but I've sat <laughs> at a game and listened to a row of fans drop the N-word. And, you know, it's just me and, you know, one of my homegirls. So we're, we're not trying to go up against an entire row of oh, people, yeah. you know, but it, it still exists. It's deeply embedded. So when you, you can't remove it. I think it's just all there. It's all there. Mm-hmm. And as we deal with it in the world, we have to deal with it within the things that we love too. Yeah. I mean, baseball is a mirror and you can't mm-hmm. only reflect the things you want to see, you know, like it reflects the whole thing. And I think people don't, you know, it's like the mentality of like, well, if you don't like it, don't go. It's like, well, no, that's not, I, I don't, th- you know, I, don't, I, don't, I went to a, um, World Baseball Classic, and I, I was uh, the final game between the U.S. and Puerto Rico, which is very funny because, okay. mm-hmm. but uh, the same the, country, and I was by myself, so I I was alone watching this game, and sitting around these like American flag waving people and these these white men because th- I had a hat on and I think I was male passing to them. You know, mm-hmm. and the things that they said to me because they thought, well, okay, same, same Z's or whatever was like disgusting, you know? Um, and that's the same stuff that was being hurled at, you know, Jackie Robinson. Like, I think we forget, not we, <laughs> many people <laughs> forget mm-hmm. the reality of what a stadium is like and what it was like for him and what it is not like right now, which you point out also in your article that like they literally do not like specifically during this pandemic, there are no fans. (laughs) There are no fans for people to, to have to like, like I honestly feel like things would be thrown onto the field for, for this in some, in some places, maybe not all Mm -hmm. of them. My hope is that that wouldn't be the case, but like, I don't know. Andrew Jones was having things, uh, uh, thrown at him. And, and I, I just, in this moment when that's not happening, it's still the, there's no message, you know, there's, there's still no bite to it. You have this opportunity to project quite literally whatever, whatever message you see fit. And it's still this mentality of baseball, which I think has its own, like the the culture of baseball itself is we're all, we're all this. Nobody, nobody stand out. Nobody make a fuss. Nobody, nobody lose business. Nobody like, that's what the clubhouse is like. And it's to me reflected in this sort of activism that everybody agreed on and then didn't really agree on. (laughs) And then there's like cop hats, you know? Um, so it's, it's just, it's wild. But what do you think too, about the fact that like, there are many fans who are really angry about this. And so it is affecting them. Like, do you think it does still, even though this protest is not something that feels like it has much bite to it or teeth, there are people who are tremendously affected and tremendously upset by this. One might even say triggered by this protest, like the sort of straight white old male, like Trump fan, MAGA fan kind of area of the, of the baseball world? Like, do you think there is some value that it's happening? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, that's an interesting question because it's like, sure, on the one hand, maybe there were some people who were upset, but one moment, it, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And one really insincere looking, you know, right. moment. Um, but to people out there who were uncomfortable by it, then I feel like if MLB kept going, because let's be real, none of these people are actually going to stop watching. They're not right. actually yeah. going. They have nothing else to watch right now. <laughs> yeah. They're, They're not just going to complain gonna, on the internet. <laughs> and they will get over it. Yeah. They will get over it. Like, you know, there were people who didn't want women to vote. They got over it. Yeah. Like <laughs> some, some of them. <laughs> you, Enough the of them. <laughs> did it, get out of here. Like, right. Like you, at what point do you get tired of being on the wrong side of history? This organization has the power to quite literally lobby the government in a way that could be positive, but no, no, mm-hmm. they only lobby the government when it comes to like how they make their money. Like that's right. That's and they're it. exempt. <laughs> they're exempt from any regulations. So they just, and I feel like this entity of baseball right now, which is like indicative in, in, in the, the punishment that was meted out to Joe Kelly today versus what happened with the Astros who were proven to have cheated, who admitted to yeah. it that like, oh, this is okay. And it, it to me is a reflection of the same sort of like corporate crime of like, well, of course they're going to do that. So like, who cares? And baseball is exempt from any sort of regulation in that way. And they've just been freewheeling and doing and moving more and more towards and becoming Wall Street and venture capitalism. They, they really have no impetus to do it. And it really is on the shoulders of the players, which I, I feel like is unfortunate and that at the same time the only way that any of that change really happens so speaking of joe kelly i want to point something out the very people who believe that beanball is justice right mm-hmm. they were also like oh my god the protesters they are <laughs> looting they are right right when beanball is really joe kelly was not satisfied with the justice that was served yeah. Or right. not served. Yeah. So he decided to do something violent. Yeah. Hello. In protest. That is the yeah. exact same concept. If you can see it over here, which by the way, I am not advocating for beanball. I personally think it should be assault. But like, you know, the tradition is there and people believe in it. So if you believe in this form of protest, why are you so against mm-hmm. this other? form of protest over a perceived injustice it's the same thing (laughs) it's yeah it's people not being willing to be uncomfortable and and Mm -hmm. stop for a minute and mostly white people you know it's most i feel like that is a very i will say a white supremacist way of looking at the world like the focus on i mean i'm this is not anything that i'm coming up with but i'm just the the focus on property over people Yep. property is way more important and people see baseball players as property you know they see them as things that they own and that or e- even with the you know the most like rosy of lenses that it's like a civic institution and it just isn't you know but you're mm-hmm. right i think that's a really apt and appropriate conversation about like 
yes, the justice was not served. And then this person took it into their own hands, which is like supposed to be this, you know, like that's what's more American than that of like standing (laughs) up for what you believe in. Only Mm -hmm. if it looks the way I want it to look or the way I think it should look. If it makes me uncomfortable, then I draw the line, (laughs) you know? Don't inconvenience me for your rights. Do not inconvenience me. I'm all about protest, but it has to be peaceful. What does, do you even, I feel like the people who are still saying this at this stage of the game literally don't know what they're talking about. I think what they're saying is stop, (laughs) you know, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Essentially. I want it to be permitted. I want it to be cute. I want it to be memeable. I want you to look the way I want you to look. And I want to feel the way that I want to feel, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like people who are not going to these things, standing outside of it, seeing photographs and videos and going, I have thoughts, (laughs) you know, and like, yeah, have those thoughts, bring them to the protest, you know, join us, you be peaceful. You you be peaceful in the face of what because because what we're actually talking about is people being killed. You know, we're actually like that's what's missing to me, at least. This is just my opinion on this protest is that we are not actually looking at why this is happening. You know, the, we talk about like looting and fires and oh, I draw the line or I don't condone that. It's like. Well, to me, when you say you condone that or you don't condone that, you condone the killing of people, you uh-huh. know, whether they're innocent or not, you know, like that. I don't draw the line at that either, you know, because uh, I just don't believe people should be killed, you know, right by the state, by police. You know, I just don't believe people should be killed. And the this protest is for black life and it's just a statement. It doesn't, there's no, no one attached to it. And then you also pointed out, which I think is important, um, the Tampa Bay Rays tweeting out the, the sort of memeified call for justice for Breonna Taylor. So like Mm -hmm. they're, they're kind of doing the thing, but they're doing it in that sort of, and you refer to it. And I think this is important, the, um, that it's incredible PR, like all of this is PR and that to me, like, I can't think of anything more sort of ghoulish or ghastly that like um the murder of someone could be incredible pr you know yeah um the movement right now is trendy right like think about the black squares on instagram and yeah you know all these companies who make millions upon millions upon millions of dollars donating a hundred thousand dollars and then (laughs) splitting it up between 10 organizations like Mm-hmm. It's trendy to not look racist. And some places it didn't last very long. It's, right. you know, it was a moment. It was a blip on their radar. Please don't stop spending your money with us. Because mm-hmm. um, people of color in this country have tremendous spending power and companies recognize that. You know, you don't want to be the company where, you know, no non-white people are shopping with you because that's bad for your bottom line. Yeah. So. That's something that I feel like has to be taken into consideration throughout all of this, right? And the Rays could have been very well-intentioned. And mm-hmm. I won't say that they weren't. I maybe, maybe they were really, you know, like we really want, you know, this woman's murder, murderers, sorry, brought to justice. But there's a way to do it with respect. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a way to do it that treats her as a human being 
And the parallels of the way people called for justice for a man and the way the black woman's murder became the meme, it is like a metaphor for exactly Mm -hmm. the way we're treated in the world. And, you know, people have been saying, you know, um, black lives matter, black trans lives matter, because the rest of us kind of get left out. And when, and when you make it a meme and you mm-hmm. make it, you know, softer, you know, you make the message palatable for somebody cause you make it fun and quirky and internet-y and no, 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 that's, that's right. not it. And I know people love to say, well, it brought attention to it. Okay, but did it bring the right attention to it? Right. Did it bring sincere attention to it? Or are people just getting tweets off for likes? Because mm-hmm. that's the other part. You know, a lot of people are doing it for clout. They're not actually involved. They're not actually concerned. They just don't want to look bad. Right. Which does raise the floor. Like, it raises the floor. You know, of like mm-hmm. they're like you're saying, like, well, doesn't it? It raises awareness. It's like, yes, it raises awareness. But shouldn't we also be trying? Shouldn't be? Shouldn't we be reaching higher? You know, shouldn't we be? You know, everybody, like in March, you know, when the baseball players weren't playing, um, and and or was it in May, April, June, May, June, whenever dates are? You know, all these guys started <laughs> saying, you know, especially white guys white people in general on social media, but specifically baseball players, I'm, I'm listening and I'm learning, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that was like the catchphrase was like, I'm listening, I'm learning, I'm educating myself. And that's what you're saying is yes, do this thing, but you should educate yourself. Are you doing it the right way? Like what, what are you actually saying? Are you just participating in something because it works and, and it's there like Mm -hmm. listening and learning is an activity. (laughs) <laughs> it's not right. like the, as you say i'm listening and i'm learning i mean listen you're still talking so like you have to actually go listen and learn you know like it's it's not a one and done like well i did it for the day and i did i did my black lives matter for the day like it's actually <laughs> you know like it's 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 actually like a thing you live you know yeah. like the activism and uh i used to be called like people would interview me and like my credits would be like, you're a comedian and an activist. And I'd be like, wait a minute, what do you mean? You know? And I'm mm-hmm. like, because, because like they don't refer to like men that way. They, they're just comedians, you know, right. who, who are like powerful and interesting. But me, like a queer person is like, well, you're an activist. Cause you talk about being queer. And it's like, well, that's not really what that is. But I say that just to say that like activism, these things are, a daily practice, you know, yep. it is a daily. it's not, you do it on opening day and then, okay, now it's fan duel and we're listening and we're learning and back to baseball, you know, and there's two black managers and there's zero black ownership and we have human rights violations in Cuba. And, you know, like it's, it's actually like a thing that happens every day, but that's not necessarily like American white supremacist capitalist culture. It is like turn and burn. Just do it once. We're good. We checked it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everything's kind of microwavable now, right? Like, how <laughs> yeah. fast can we get it out? How quickly yeah. can we get it out? And then how quickly can we move away from it as well? I would just like it if MLB just kind of, you know, sat in their mess 
for a little bit. And actually, because, you know, diversity initiatives are cool and all, but if you're not going to actually change any policy and you're not going to actually change any practice, right? then what is the purpose? And I know people love to say, you know, hire more, insert, <laughs> you know, right. underrepresented group of people. And you're like, no, wait, wait. If you put those people in with the same policies, it's still going to be the same it's thing. It's still the same thing. It doesn't mm-hmm. change. It doesn't, you know, and I will fully admit that I used to think that would work, you know, because of everything, you know, like I, I thought, oh, this is this is important because it's power. And then you really get to a certain age, you pay enough attention, you get your own education, whatever it is like, then you realize like, oh, no, it's the structure. You yep. you, you can you can pump as as many, quote, diverse people, which is not a thing like people are not diverse. A room is. <laughs> but like you can make the room as diverse as you want. If the walls are still made out of white supremacy, it's still white supremacy. Like it just doesn't. Yep. You have to tear the building down, you know, um, like I, I say to people all the time, like it's not this is not, you know, the the one bad apple thing. I hope people are really understanding that that's not true. It's not even one bad seed it's not even one bad tree the whole orchard is rotten like yeah. it's new it's new soil you know like it you ha- you and that's not th- that's an opportunity for growth it's an opportunity for things to truly be different you know but you keep slap like here in los angeles uh you know people have been protesting every day mm-hmm. to defund the lapd they de- they they removed some funding you know like minimal um, and then what they did is they decided to make like, uh, you know, this community policing thing. Um, and then they hired a black woman to run it. So like they're they're basically using her as like a human shield <laughs> yeah. for like more of the same, you know, like putting this woman in charge of fixing it, you know, and like that is evidence to me of this of just the same stuff happening. And MLB.com has a social justice page now. I don't know if you've spent any time oh, on it. Gosh. Um but no, I spent but a I little bit now. of time on it and I I don't want to keep you too much longer. But there is like a conversation guide and I think it's really interesting because there's just like so many links, so many books, so many things on here. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to find the one problem, but I do think that it's important that with all they do all this, they put all these NAACP, they actually linked to Black Lives Matter, which was shocking to me that they actually okay. linked to the actual, actual movement, the actual website, the actual people. But they have this conversation guide. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> OK, the one side says having conversations about race. And then the other side says, talking to children. It says, one, correct with care. Listen first and gently correct facts, not thoughts or feelings. Provide developmentally appropriate information and offer other others, other ways to look at things. For example, why question, why do people protest and get violent? This is the first question on the website. No, and now way. somehow it's flown to my other screen. Hang on a second. I'm having internet thing. I don't know how I just did that to myself. Um, and it's damn it. <laughs> Do you know that that screen thing on Max where there's like multiple uh screens? Where did it go? Desktop two. Okay, it flew over to desktop two. So that was the question. Response. Sometimes people express their feelings in negative ways. 
We all get angry at times, but we can choose to express our feelings in ways that help us understand each other better and maybe solve some problems. Not racist at all. Not at all. Not racist at all. Not upholding (laughs) white supremacist values. Like literally the first question, the first opportunity they have, they go, yeah, people, people express their feelings in negative ways. Not well, when people are hurt, you know, that they have, Mm -hmm. they rise up and they are protesting and what we perceive as violence is actually just like, not violence (laughs) you know like what are you actually that's that's mlb putting that out there for kids and i think that's like the evidence you know and yeah i am finding fault on a page of a bunch of things but that's the point it's like who are you talking to to get that talking point because you made Mm -hmm. that up you as an entity made that up (sighs) it's so bad yeah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And they are a major corporation. And there is no going back when this many major corporations are saying the words Black Lives Matter. But I do personally feel it's important for me as a person and for us as people to mm-hmm. like hold these places accountable and like expect more. I expect more of myself, you know? I don't yeah. I don't I don't want to never be criticized that I don't want to, I have been criticized, you know, like I continue to be. Um, and I take opportunities to make mistakes because you can learn from them. But my, if you, if MLB doesn't want to learn from anything, they just want to be the ones like grabbing headlines and like having memeable posts and getting the most engagement and they Mm -hmm. want viewers and they want money. You know, like that's what they want. And I think they want me personally, Rhea Butcher, to hate them. And they're succeeding. (laughs) (laughs) I feel similarly, particularly because it's just so unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's uh, the but the exploitation is real. And, you know, you can post all the book lists you want, but have you read them? Are you applying what you're learning in these books? You can hire all of the Black women and men that you want, but are you listening to them? Have you changed the way you view them? And I think no. Like, yeah. the, like right now, I don't know. I, I'm so disappointed, and yet I'm not surprised. And and I know people feel that well, you know, well, what did, what did you expect? You know what? I can still be <laughs> upset that they that they met my terrible expectation of them of being awful or of doing mm-hmm. the least, of not doing anything meaningful. I mean, mm-hmm. just look, like they completely stifled the voices of their players quickly. Oh, quickly. Yeah. There aren't any interview questions about this anymore. That was a one night only situation. There's no more kneeling. There's no more discussion of kneeling. In fact, people are actively pointing out that there isn't any kneeling right now. You're right. And now it's become this like trendy that like, who's what's mm -hmm. the over under on kneeling tonight? You know, it's like, what, what does that even mean? And to me, I feel like the most effective protest is, been and this has been pretty consistent since i would say 2015 or 2016 in the wnba of like they they just stepped out for the anthem and the anthem played for an empty room you know because like 
baseball was sort of equivocating and like we'll have a moment of silence and we won't do but it's like all this stuff to to the point of like we're saying where it becomes almost nothing and they're like well what can we do about it something different and we will walk out (laughs) you know like walking out is pretty effective and it reminds me that i feel like the most effective to me the most effective form of protest if if these guys really want to change would be to not play and i know that that's taking typically black players out of the game, but like why keep going back to a job that treats you like shit, (laughs) you know, like Ian Desmond, I, I I respect even more every day what Ian Desmond decided to do, you know, to like actually to, to not play out of COVID concerns. Um, because like, that's a labor issue, a health labor issue. And then also his, his like awakening of what he set aside and pushed down in himself. Um, to, to like just, you know, soldier through and not, not deal with racism in his own life, um, to then build a community to see what he's, because to me, that's what MLB is also not doing. They're not growing the game across the country. It is, it is a game that you can only access as a child. If you have a lot of money, you know, like Mm -hmm. you have to be on a travel team, you have to have coaching, you have to have all these, and that's all like baseball is already a sport that you have to buy multiple pieces of equipment to play. And they have completely choked the opportunity for, for children across the country. And if they actually wanted to put their money where their mouth is, they would open that back up again. But they don't care about that. They just care about, you know, iPads and... See, Astros, I would even know? take it a step further. Because baseball take it a step loves- further. Baseball loves to talk about, you know, their little programs <laughs> that right. kids eventually drop out and, yeah. of. Yeah. But like, have you noticed there's there, there's never been an initiative to bring in a different owner, right? No right. one has been like, hey, we'll open up our ownership group with this percentage of equity set aside for uh-huh. people of color. Like, think about the impact that would have where, you know, yeah, we have minority owners you know you have your magic johnson and Mm -hmm. you know jeter and michael jordan but like i'm talking about a person of color with equity like a a large enough stake in the team that they don't become some you know ambassador because that's essentially what magic johnson is he's just an ambassador um but you know i think that kind of stuff matters equity Put people in power. No, no, no. They're like, no, we'll, we'll we'll just grow the game by bringing in more players. We're trying to bring in more players as youth. And that still changes not much Nothing. at all. Yeah. Again, right. like you said, you have to change the structure. And they aren't opening up those higher up jobs and positions. You know, no mm-hmm. one's like, you know what? Maybe we will actively search for a president who isn't a white guy who went to an Ivy league school <laughs> and like a billionaire off of like oil, <laughs> right. you know? Cause it's like, yeah. it's not just like, Oh, this is an old white guy. It's like, what kind of old white guy is that? You know what I mean? Like these are Texas mm-hmm. oil conglomerates or like, you know, uh, uh, Halliburton is in the left field in, in Houston. It's like, this is some old timey shit, you know, on top of that. <laughs> so like yeah. also maybe bring in, you know, some ownership, that is not then also players who have gone through the system of these things, like bring in some 
I, I don't know, community leaders and give them equity, like different different kinds of people from different walks of life who aren't only financially successful people, you know, who who built their money off of these sim- symptoms or systems. Uh, symptoms is also accurate, <laughs> you know? <laughs> when you said that, I just pictured like a J.R. Ewing owning a baseball team. <laughs> um, like, and yeah, now yeah, but like, that's basically that it. That would be a great TV show, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's kind of what I'm picturing. Like a J.R. Ewing owning a baseball team, you know, jerk, rich, mean. Um, yeah, like you mean George W. Bush? <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know yes. if he was like mean because he seemed to be right. the sort of like good old boy laughing while he's knifing you in the back. But yeah, I mean, that's. To me, like what baseball is, it's like very, very, very old white people money, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, uh, I don't know. I think I think you should be the commissioner of baseball, personally, Shakia <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> I would vote for you, hands down. You would do a well, thank you, you. You're, you're already doing a better job than Rob Manfred, you know? His bar is set <laughs> very low, but I feel like you could do a great job. Um, is there anything else that you want to throw out there about baseball or anything you want uh, three swings listeners to know about you and or baseball and or anything no um not really i mean i'm not always ragey i guess <laughs> like, sure uh, i mean um, i don't think this is ragey i think this is great conversation oh, personally been, but i've been pretty calm but i feel <laughs> sure. like for anyone who is just being introduced to me they'll see like me complaining about sure the yeah sport and whatever and you know i mean same you know <laughs> like I, right? I feel it <laughs> right so I, I will say you know i'm not always ragey i have fun yeah. occasionally but you know i focus on humanity of others and i think that's important um so i don't know you know i don't have anything to add about baseball yeah. other than let's continue to call it out let's yeah continue in in all things not just racism sexism yeah. homophobia transphobia <laughs> like yeah. let's call it all out let's put it on the table it's so much more fun to get rid of those things you know what i mean like mm-hmm. your life is so much better on the other side of it, you know, like, and we just keep getting to go on to the other side of it. Like I said, it's like a daily practice and like people are very scared of all the things you just said, but like drop your phobia of dropping phobias, man. Just like, let's, let's go. You know, the thing is in order to do all of that stuff, it's so active. Like yeah. I realize just in my efforts to be better about most things is it's actually not that hard. It's, it's really not. not. And I say that all the time when, you know, I, for example, you know, call people what they want to be called. It doesn't matter what it is. Call them what they want to be called. And I don't see how that has a negative effect on me in any way, <laughs> right. in, in any way. And that's what I like, let others live. And, you know, that's kind of the crux of it all is mm-hmm. all we want is to be able to live freely. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all yep. we want. And <clears throat> I just, you gotta be just so bored to find time to hate other people for the most, I mean, come on, it's who we are I, as yeah. people. Mm-hmm. I, I I would never understand that. It makes no sense to me at all. It's a very small way to live. Also, your life, your life is very small. 
you know, like living in that much hate. And like you said, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you. It is active and it's not, it's not as scary as people think, you know, <laughs> but it's like, it's people who are not used to feeling uncomfortable. And when they feel uncomfortable, they get rid of it, you know? And mm-hmm. like, the, it's, it's a small way to live and it's not, it's not a full life for sure. Like m- my life continues to grow the more I learn about other people, the more I experience other, you know, the more, I, yeah. the more experience of life I have with other people. That's how, that's how I should say, would like to say that is that like, yeah. the more my experience of life grows, the more my experience of life grows, you know? And like, mm-hmm. it just, it's way more beautiful on the other side, you know? So and much, so much more there fun gets too. to be more sides. <laughs> you just <laughs> keep going. You just yeah. keep, doing it you know it's Mm -hmm. like baseball you just keep doing it you just there's another inning (laughs) just (laughs) we'll just keep i'll i'll will let's end with this little baseball thought what are your thoughts about the runner on second in extra innings it stresses me out that's That's just what i really don't like it it stresses me out because it affects the outcome of a game almost immediately Yes. yes. It's basically like saying, well, they're the home team, so they And win. you no longer <laughs> root for ties. Usually late in the game, you're like, tie it up, let's go. Tie it up, keep it going. Yeah. With this, you're like, no, win now, win now, yeah. win now. I don't like it. I can deal yeah. with the DH. I can deal with the DH because there's some beauty yeah. to it. Jonas Cespedes being the first National League <laughs> DH hitting a home run, I'm like, okay, baseball can still be beautiful. You know, like right? it's still got it. In this moment, and it's like even giving me chills on the back of my head to think about it. Like that <laughs> that is a beautiful thing to me. And even Giancarlo Stanton being in, you know, the first DH in the in a National League park thing, like the beauty of that too. You know, even if even Mike getting that home run. Like there's still some beauty there, but like that rule to me just really changes like the essence of baseball. And that yes. it, it continues until it doesn't, you know, like Yogi Berra's quote is just immediately nullified, you know, like it's not over till it's over. Well, until there's a runner on second, you know, like it doesn't <laughs> like this is what people uh, anyway, you, they keep trying yeah. to change the rules of a game to satisfy people who are not going to like it anyway. Like you've already like yes. nobody that also, hates baseball is going to be satisfied by that. How much time are you really saving? Like ultimately, because there's this whole obsession with making the game go faster that I'm not understanding because I each change it. saves about 15 seconds. Yeah. So, <laughs> like- right. I was talking with a friend today and we were talking about like joking about Manfred and like all these like change, change the speed, you know, the pace of play or whatever. So they mm-hmm. made all those pitching changes, pitch clock, all this stuff, which doesn't seem to make much difference. Uh, but then you get a replay and it takes five minutes, you know, like uh, what, how, Okay, you know, like you guys are out of here. You've lost your minds and you've lost yeah. me and I'm unsure and like I we will we will actually leave with this. Do you think there will be a full baseball season full in terms of do you think there will be a World Series this year in 2020? Ooh, that's tough. Today. Do I and want this- there to be a full season? No, but I think MLB will push it though. I feel yeah. like they will they will really try to get there. Shakia, that is exactly how I feel. I don't think there should have been a, a season. 
I don't, I, I feel like it's wrong. It just feels wrong to me. I don't think I'm morally mm-hmm. superior to them. I just feel, I, it feels wrong. It feels like a train wreck. And it also feels like it's lulling people into a false sense of security that like everything's yep. fine because baseball's back. Uh, and I think it's dangerous. And I agree with you. I think that they will push it through because that's where they make their money with the 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 contracts with uh, Fox or whoever it is, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. So I think you're right. I think you're very right. <laughs> money over people. It's always uh, the motto. USA. USA. Mm-hmm. Well, Shakia Taylor, thank you so much for being on the show. And I want to have you back on when we can just <laughs> chat about other things, but that's silly of me because it's like these things are always happening. Um, and I I really loved having you on, and I would love to have you back anytime. It, you know, hopefully baseball isn't too much of a train wreck if you'd love to come back on the show <laughs> and discuss it even more. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks for having I, me. Yeah, for sure. And uh people can find you on uh Twitter. Is that the best place to point them towards? What's your Twitter handle? Yes, Twitter at Curly Fro. Mm-hmm. That is, I'm usually there at 3 a.m. hanging out. Nice. All right. <laughs> 3 a.m. That's uh, Central Standard Time or EST or? <laughs> yes, Central. That's That's been my pandemic wake up time for some reason. Yep. No, I feel that. My pandemic wake up time is like 8.15. Very strange. Uh. Okay. Very strange time because I was getting up at six before this. And now I'm like, I can't get out of bed. <laughs> that's, that's so specific too. 8.15. I know. 8.15 <laughs> every morning. So weird. So Shakia Taylor, thank you so much for being on Three Swings. So great to meet you this way. And, yeah, uh, you, you know, have a great day, evening, Thanks. night, whatever time it is when people are listening. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.